Hi, I'm Debbie George Addis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Occupied America reports. I want to tell you a lot that happened over the weekend. Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI must end. IRS and police state America. And Anglo Breton Phillips, the Pitt report. And after that, I'll tell you why all these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. <clears throat> And hello, welcome to America Can We Talk and through today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgianis. Again, I want to thank the studio in Dallas, Real News PR and Real News Communication Network for making it possible for me to be in California, visit family, enjoy uh, the beach a little bit, um, and do my show every day. I'm so grateful that's happening, so grateful I can do this. There's so much happening that I really, by, between last Thursday's show and what happened over the weekend till starting the show today, Literally, there are things to talk about, and they matter so very, very much about America. So, so grateful I can continue talking to you um, as we're on this break. So, um, I call this first five Occupied America uh, reports, and I used the expression last Thursday on my show that it may, or last Wednesday, you know, it may seem uh, maybe a little bit melodramatic to call America occupied, but you know, I thought about a lot over the weekend, and I really like that term, and I'm going to use it. America is like an occupied country. When you had Western Europe overtaken by Germany uh, because they were on a rampage taking over the world, those countries were occupied. They had a government that called itself the government that said, yes, we're the new government of France or whatever country, but it was really Germany occupying them. In America, we have an administration in Washington, D.C. that was not elected. It just They just weren't elected. And during the course of the 2020 elections, leaving aside the fact that, that the there was an overwhelming Trump victory in 2020, as now millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans recognize, no one in America, even those who voted for the Biden administration, were voting for the kinds of things the Biden administration is putting in place. We are living in an occupied country, a country where they have, we have rulers who have taken over and we cannot seem to control. We don't have any seeming capacity to overwhelm them, to stop them. I want to mention some things that happened over the weekend. Uh, number one, there was a, and these are things either that I, personal conversations I had or events that maybe you heard about and paid attention to. Number one, uh, there was an online streaming service presentation called The Pit. PIT Pit, the Pit. This was a, 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 a amazing program put on by the two people who essentially gave all the information that there was that was presented later uh, by Dinesh D'Souza in the 2000 Mules film. This is Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, those two people who obviously featured prominently in Dinesh D'Souza's uh, 2000 Mules film that exposed the massive election fraud just using the mail-in ballot scheme or method, those two people, again, Catherine Engelbrecht, Greg Phillips, put on a, a, an all-day live stream presentation in which they basically, and they've been kind of teasing this for months, mentioning for months, we have more information, even more damning than what uh, you all saw in 2000 Mules. I'm going to turn to and tell you about that a little later in the show, 
But when you begin to understand what they uncovered, what they turned over to the FBI in early 2021, and the FBI did nothing about, you recognize the FBI as, as again, you'll recognize in the discussion with the Mar about what happened to Mar-a-Lago, the FBI is no longer serving the interests of the American people and no longer truly following the Constitution of America. And so that the pit, we have segments to play, but I mainly want to urge you, I linked to it in our website, I urge you to go listen. If you didn't listen on Saturday, listen to what was played. I'll tell you more about it later. Number two over the weekend, um, Tina Peters, uh, the extremely brave, extraordinarily brave former county clerk in, in um, Colorado, who through her determination and, and, and willingness to be brave, managed to capture evidence that shows the overwhelming proof that the Dominion voting machines, not only in her election when she was county clerk, not only were they corruptible and vulnerable, but they were corrupted. They were the subject of, they were the place where election stealing happened in the Dominion voting machines. So for her, you know, discovering this and making the evidence available and providing it to experts and having experts comment, one expert said that the, uh, of the four parts that they studied, the or three parts rather, the third part was the experts were as the Rosetta Stone showing us all how election fraud happens inside election machines. For her efforts, she was now, she was charged with seven felonies, three misdemeanors, she is still uh, apparently going to be prosecuted. And over the weekend, in uh, connecting back and forth with her, uh, just via text message, she, there's now an order in place. She can't travel. And the reason, you have to understand how dangerous this is and how meaningful, how significant, how intentional this order is, is that she's supposed to be speaking at this upcoming event to be put on by Mike Lindell in Missouri, I think it is, uh, called Moment of Truth. Lindell is having a big summit. And she's supposed to speak there, of course, speaking about where what she had uncovered. And also that is where there's going to be a, a filming or showing for the first time of Laura Logan's selection code film, this uh, order in Colorado. So of course, her attorneys, Tina Peters attorneys are trying to say, you know, this. there's no reason for this judge to have to have said to her, no travel. There's no reason. She's not a flight risk. She's not anything like that, but a no travel order. And the hearing in order to decide whether the no travel order stays in place is set for three or four days after the Lindell Symposium. Obviously intentional. You have just a massive, massive effort in many halls of many of the power in this country to silence truth about the elections, to silence her. Number three over the weekend, um, the Mar-a-Lago raid by the FBI happened actually the day after, I think last Friday, that happened the day after my show last week, that, so I didn't have a chance to comment on it, read extensively about it, but there's so much to unpack and understand about what that Mar-a-Lago raid symbolizes and what it symbolizes about the FBI and about the utter determination of this massive uniparty deep state in Washington to take Donald Trump down by any means necessary. Number four, um, there was a, I will tell you that I had a very extensive phone call uh, with a nationally prominent election security expert uh, whose name you would know, I cannot say, but all I'm gonna tell you about, about that is, is this. In this conversation, it became very clear that governors and secretaries of state and heads of the election department in a multitude of states, including many red states, are fully aware, fully aware that the 2020 election was stolen and worse, are fully aware 
very specifically as to their own states that their election systems are compromised, that they're vulnerable, that they're hacked, that the 2020 election was stolen in their states. I'm not speculating. This is what this is the report I got. And the point of telling you that is that we live in a country right now where a very few enormously brave people are speaking up, standing up, trying to explain what happened, trying to show what happened. And even those people in power in states where they could arguably do something are not doing it. They're waiting for and what we tremendously and desperately need is the American people to stand up and speak up and say, we're no longer going to tolerate an election system that's so fraudulent. We need people pushing, pushing back against elected officials, governors, attorneys general, secretaries of state, legislatures in every state in this country, getting pushing to get rid entirely of electronic voting machines. The officials know this. Many know it, many understand, and they won't take action because they, for a variety of reasons I can't even go into right now, they won't take action. The only way they will is if they hear from you, the American people. Um, and the uh, last thing I want to say about this weekend after the pit, Tina Peters, uh, the Mar-a-Lago thing. Um, oh, I had, oh my gosh, I had extensive conversations, uh, conversation with one mother and an extensive uh, written communication with another mother related to January 6th. These are mothers of people whose adult children were harmed or prosecuted in response on the January 6th episode in Washington, trying to call attention to the fact of how out of control our government is, especially the FBI, and going after people who pretty much did nothing wrong. And if you know any further proof of that, um, that claim, just look at the facts surrounding Dr. Simone Gold, who, as we are speaking today freely, is sitting in uh, jail in prison in Florida for serving a 60-day sentence for doing nothing wrong. And I, I close all this, and the reason I wanted to run through this litany, I'm gonna to try to get into most of it today while we talk for an, uh, an hour, which will race by, but I wanna say a couple of things in closing. Uh, number one, I hear from many, many people saying the FBI must be shut down. And it is true. It, when we get a new administration, if there were to be a majority, we have, and I assume only the Republicans would do this because Democrats are benefiting from all the corruption in Washington. But if you have a Republican president, a Republican-controlled House and Senate, there needs to be an absolute taking apart, down to the ground, destruction of the FBI, all officials out from the head of the FBI down to the you know lowest agent at some outpost in Alaska and everywhere in between, the FBI cannot be corrected, cannot be uh, cannot be brought clean, cannot be made to what it's supposed to be again. The corruption is too deep, too systemic, too broad, and and there's no other way other than that. Same with the IRS. A new Republican administration needs to come in with the IRS. We'll talk about them briefly today and just basically say the entire federal government, House and Senate, will not fund the IRS, period, full stop, will not fund the IRS any further until massive changes are made, massive changes, massive reduction in the size and scope and militancy of the IRS. But I'll close the first five. This last point I want to make is really important. I do hear people who are just so staggered at what's happened to America, so so um, upset, outraged, frightened, uh, whatever word you want to use, so staggered by it all that people are just kind of throwing their hands up and saying, America's over, we'll never get it back. 
and you hear people say this, who are, these are patriots who are usually willing to fight, willing to stand up, and they look at the massive scope of invasion of our country, of, of communist ideology, massive power, uh, the CCP now holds the communist Chinese party, Chinese communist party holds in America, and they look at it, they think that there's, we're just done. We, America has no way out. And that is a point I want to make in closing in this first five. Never, ever, 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 ever give up on America. Never, ever, 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 ever surrender on America. America, the idea, America, the country has founded, was founded on the most extraordinary, unique uh, method, ideas that exist in all of human life. America was founded on the promises of the scriptures, the idea of the scriptures, that each of us have, as the declaration recites, we have rights from our creator, inalienable rights as individuals that we're all, we're all created by one creator. We all have the right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and those are inalienable. When the founders wrote that in the declaration, what they're saying is not just in America, we'll try to, this new policy, they were saying these are fundamental, eternal, timeless truths. It is the nature of man. It is the nature of our existence on this planet. We have God-given rights that include at least life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And the entire country of America was structured around protecting those rights, giving, giving meaning and definition and depth to those rights, and explaining how those rights in America can be played out through promises in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the laws. That's what America is. That America is not going away. There are millions in the fight to restore America. We are in a bad place. Please do not mis uh, think I'm downplaying. We're in a bad place in America. We have many, many serious thinkers talking about, I can't even see how we'll get out of this. How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to get America back? All I can tell you is the ideas of America's founding are timeless. They will not go away. It takes a battle in every generation. This is our generation's turn to stand up and speak up and fight for America. And there are many people doing that. Every single person listening to this show, you have a role to play. Everybody does. Everyone has a role to play. And whether your role to play is to run for office, to support a candidate for office, to show up at school board meetings, to broadcast to your friends through a blog you write or, or meetings you hold in your home, whatever it is you do, everybody has a not only the, the obligation to stand up and speak up for America, you have the capacity to do something and we all need to do it. We are truly in a battle for the heart and soul of America, for the future of America, the future of human liberty, and everyone listening has a role to play. And I am so blessed and grateful to have the opportunity to talk with you on my show every day about what I'm trying to do and what I hope you will do. And I ask you, if you like this show, if you understand this show, if you learn from it, spread this show, like it on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, Share the link to this show from our, our website, from americacanwetalk.org. Share it. Do something to spread the show around because these kinds of shows are what help people wake up because heaven knows if you listen to the mainstream media, you have absolutely no idea what's happening to our country. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. I'm going to do two quick uh, programming notes before I get to talking about the other stories I want to hit today. Uh, one programming note is that we started something last week. So, this coming Wednesday and every Wednesday thereafter, and, and 
till we decide we don't like it anymore. But starting this Wednesday, halfway through the show, I will turn the second half of the Wednesday show uh, into Q&A Wednesday. Meaning, if you have a question you want to ask me, and I do have people saying, I wish you had callers. I want to call in or they'll send me questions uh, via email. Well, here's what you can do. Send me a question via email to americacanwetalk at gmail.com and put in the subject line, question for Debbie Thursday, Wednesday show, question for Debbie Wednesday show or something like that. I already have some questions I received. Send yours in. I will get to as many as I can in the second half of the Wednesday show. It's a great way to communicate. I urge you to send me questions. I would love to have you do that, and I will try to answer them. Second program, I know I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it already, to mark October 15th on your calendar. This year, Saturday, October 15th, is the third annual Women for Freedom Summit here in Dallas. I have a, there's a, there are the Ziggy right on the job, Ziggy, the wonderful producer. Uh, you can see on the screen, that is the um, invitation to our summit. We have extraordinary speakers. We have one more amazing surprise speaker and two more who that I've uh, managed to uh, rope in uh, in the last few days will also be joining us that day. In addition to that wonderful lineup of serious substantive speakers, we also have Sharona Bishop joining us who just, you will love her. She's uh, based in Colorado, works with Tina Peters, uh, can tell you a real story about how the FBI showed up at her house for doing nothing wrong. She wasn't even in Washington, but she's trying to help Tina Peters expose election fraud. FBI is having none of that. And then also we have Christina, excuse me, Christine Hutcherson joining us. She founded Women Fighting for America. She did a very famous video at the Southern border on the Mexico side, uh, outstanding next to what she dubbed a rape tree. Uh, but she does basically covers the Southern border in the most personal, real way, describes the danger of our unenforced Southern border. She's joining us too. So if you're interested, we'd love, love, love to have you come at the summit. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. And at that website, you can you can buy tickets for this summit. It is Saturday, October 15th. We need sponsors. If you can sponsor, that would help greatly because ticket prices don't even begin to cover the cost of this summit. Please understand, ticket prices don't even begin to cover the cost of this summit. I need sponsors too, so love to have you join us on that day. Join us for this um, summit. Uh, buy tickets. We have last year people from around the country. Love to have you again, uh, people from around the country. But those are my two programming notes for today. Send me questions and sign up for the summit. Okay, so uh, my talk topic one is Mar-a-Lago raid, the FBI must end. So on the Mar-a-Lago raid, I mean, I know at this point, anyone listening to my show, You've actually already heard all about it. You know what happened. You know there was a uh, a raid on by the FBI in Mar-a-Lago last week in which they spent, it was something like 30 agents and um, hours and hours, nine hours or something, taking documents out of Mar-a-Lago, uh, President Trump's personal home. And part of what happened shortly after this raid occurred, uh, President Trump was actually in New York that day, uh, and so, you know, but came back, of course. And so partly after that, because there was so much outrage expressed, this is unprecedented in American history. A current administration weaponizing the FBI against a political enemy. And, and make no mistake, Donald Trump is not in the mind of the Biden administration, not just the past president, He's an enemy, and the reason he's an enemy is because they know perfectly well the American people voted for Trump in 2020. They can see perfectly well Trump can generate a crowd of thousands of people at the drop of a hat 
anywhere in America. And still that's true, even though he's out of office. They see him as a threat for the 2024 elections. But what they really see as a threat is that Donald Trump is popular with the American people and they believe in what he said about America. And this is what enrages the leftist mindset, enrages them. The idea that Donald Trump inspired the American people again to love America, to respect America, and to recognize that the left in this country is simply a wrecking ball operation against everything America stands for. They see him as a threat because they see him as someone who exposes and continues to expose all the left does. So they did, did a raid of Mar-a-Lago. I want to hit just some of the high points about it because I, I know there's so much out there. You could read and read and read. Uh, number one, I want to encourage you. I'll just show you. I can't read this. I'm not going to read this out loud, but I want to encourage you. Um, if you ever go to a website called The Conservative Treehouse, it is theconservativetreehouse.com. It's a great, great, great website, great blog. The uh, the basic writer there is a person who goes by the uh, by an assumed name of Sundance. Sundance, I don't know who that is. I wish I knew, but I don't. But uh, the most in-depth reporting you will ever find on all sorts of really, really important subjects. And at Conservative Treehouse, um, Sundance has a four-part series explaining Mar-a-Lago, why the DOJ and FBI did it, why they executed the uh, search warrant as they did, uh, what was really behind it. And, I, and you know, I, I'm going to hit some high points about it, but literally this is, well, you can see how thick it is. I'll just show you again. This is how thick it is. I mean, four parts. You got to read it to really understand the FBI's thinking. But I will just shorten it down to this before I get to some specifics about Mar-a-Lago. Think about the fact the FBI continues its witch hunt level hysteria going after every single person who showed up in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, many of whom never entered the Capitol, uh, and is continuing on this, and not just you know, executing a search warrant, but literally, as an example, Dr. Simone Gold, a, a doctor and a lawyer who entered the Capitol for 20 minutes max, read her speech in the rotunda, walked out. They didn't just, you know, execute a search warrant. They literally broke down her door in the middle of the night, as they did to many, 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 many other people, broke down their door, searched the house, of course, scared the daylights out of you. Uh, and these aren't just unarmed officers. These are people carrying, you know, AR-15s. I mean, serious weaponry, breaking down your door. This is very, very uh, uh, reminiscent of, of Stasi-like behavior. And this is the FBI. And I mean, people, we could just run through, as I said, I talked over the weekend to moms whose adult children are part of this prosecution or suffering because of what occurred on January 6th. I mean, there's just outside of the conservative sources like this, no one is even calling attention. I mean, and the brilliant writing, by the way, of Julie Kelly, always want to mention her American greatness. This is like become so norm, so so much the norm to the left in this country that you don't even see all the left-wing useless political outlets like CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the ones that tout themselves as journalists. You don't see any of them pointing out the astonishing outrage of the FBI being used to hassle American citizens who dared to show up on January 6th. Now, all this ties back, of course, to the January 6th episode, which was based on what happened in November. And I can't, I'm not going to go off on the evidence of election fraud today. Well, we are a little bit in talking about uh, what happened on the uh, the Pitt presentation by Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips. 
But the FBI has is being used by this administration as just a funded guy the, by the government arm of the radical left, arm of the Democrat Party, politicized to the core. So they are trying to not only frighten Donald Trump and frighten his followers, but send the message he's illegitimate. So I'm going to run down some of just the, the ridiculous things because the FBI didn't expect the pushback they got. There were many, many people criticizing them. They started spewing out stories. Well, it was because of, so we're talking about some of those. One was, well, they thought that Trump had the nuclear codes. That was one of the, they actually tried to make, like with a straight face, say that there was probably the nuclear codes that the FBI was after. Allow me to explain something, among many other things. Number one, Donald Trump was actual president for four years. So, of course, he had the nuclear codes. Of course, he had, you know, finger on the proverbial finger on the button. He had that capacity as commander in chief. So the idea that a guy who served for the, as president for four years, who did not release nuclear weapons, who made America safer around the world by his actions, many carrying out what I would call carrying out the kind of peace through strength mentality that was first touted so strongly by Ronald Reagan. But that's what Trump did. Trump made America safer and the world safer by America being strong, not even in some conversations about it, I'm saying in the media, but this is, of course, Donald Trump had access to the nuclear codes while he was president. So now he's been out 18 months and just now, 18 months later, they're thinking, you know, maybe that was, I'm getting at the point, please understand, this is just a storyline that the FBI and their useless echo chamber and the left-wing media thought up to justify to the American people, who many of them were having quite an outrage past president for documents. Say, so, well, it's probably the nuclear codes. Let me just tell you this. Beside the fact, of course, he had the nuclear codes for years at the whole time he was president. Number two is the nuclear codes are changed. Depending on where you read, several times a day, maybe at least once a day, maybe intermittently, but he's been out of office for 18 months. And this just dawned on them, hey, maybe he took the nuclear codes with him. I mean, people, the codes, I mean, it's not like, you know, someone took your a locker combination that you can't change. And so they you find three years later, they still have it. They still can steal from you or your, you know, your code, your alarm system at home. Nuclear codes are highly guarded and they are changed regularly for the purpose of keeping them secret. This was a complete concoction cooked up. What will make the American people settle down and not be so worried about this raid by the FBI on Mar-a-Lago. Oh, I know, no, we'll say it's nuclear codes. Let me remind you something else. Beside the fact that Trump had it for four years, beside the fact they change all the time, he's been out 18 months, and beside the fact that the actual search warrant issued by Judge Bruce Epstein Reinhardt, I mean, a guy who is a total Epstein defender, uh, signed the search warrant on August 5th, and they didn't execute it till August 8th. Understand, they weren't frightened that Trump was going to use the nuclear codes. They know the nuclear code argument was concocted. If they were really frightened that somehow Donald Trump had the nuclear codes, was going to use them, you would execute the search warrant approximately a nanosecond after it got signed. They waited politically for three days, trying to size up when's Trump going to be gone. I mean, this was a complete concoction. And another nuclear code point to keep in mind, beside those three, which should 
in any any person's reasonable person's mind completely uh, eliminate your concerns that there was any um any actual concern about nuclear codes we remind you what happened days or no maybe it was months i think it was february of 21 so so biden had been in office you know for at the most 30 days a little more 30 days did you remember this in 2021 biden who everyone working in the campaign Everyone working with him around the White House knows is not mentally competent, is losing his some form of dementia, great mental decline in acuity and clarity. Everyone around him knows it, including his wife, but I'll leave her alone for today. But she's shameful or shameless in pushing him out there. She wanted to be first lady so bad. Oh, yeah, Joe is not with it, but let's have him be president. So back to February 2021. Do you recall this? Dozens of Democrat members of Congress signed a letter so concerned about Joe having access to nuclear codes, they actually suggested, and in writing, wrote a letter to the White House suggesting a change in procedure so that the president doesn't really have control of the nuclear codes. They're worried about Joe because they know, as we all know, that he's not mentally competent. They're, they're, they, they know he's doddering and they understand there's a cabal who's really running the country which is at least obama and you, know, you can run through your litany of people george soros obama you know whatever, whoever else you want to put in there susan rice all those people valerie jarrett those democrat congressmen all signed on a letter publicly to the white house saying we suggest a change in the nuclear code procedure it's been the same for i, I meant to look up i think two decades at least it's been the same, but Biden's in, you know, not even a month, and they're all worried because he's clearly not competent. So they sent a letter to the White House saying, you know, we think we should change this. So, uh, you know, even though Joe has, a, you know, he's commander in chief, I guess you have to have let him have the nuclear codes. But they suggest that we also try to get um, the, the change made so that he can't actually exercise them. He can't use the power. He can't agree to execute them without having two other people sign off. There two were, um, I think it was the vice president and the speaker of the house or something like that. But the, the point was, they don't even trust Biden and they shouldn't. I mean, I'm, there's actually, I give them credit, they shouldn't trust Biden. But these people, if they're that concerned with the nuclear codes, you know, they, I mean, they're spouting off at him a month into office and I, I hope that they somehow, he isn't anywhere near any exercise of power of that kind, but somehow they could wait 18 months and then concoct this. Oh, you know, maybe maybe Trump took the nuclear codes with him. There's no evidence that he did. So I, I want to, um, beside those things that there's, was no justification it was you know there was an ongoing in fact i could run through the uh the sequence very quickly but there was a ongoing exchange between mar-a-lago and uh washington dc uh you know trump leaves in january 2021 uh national um, archives uh gets a box of documents sent from mar-a-lago in january 2022 um and then actually throughout 2021, National Archives acknowledges they're having ongoing communications with Trump, representatives trying to look for records and think maybe should, they should have had And so National Archives acknowledged they got 15 boxes of documents from Mar-a-Lago sent to them January 2022. Um, then there's a February letter 2022. Some of the House Oversight Committee uh, says they think that the, some of the things that were sent back up by the uh, Trump people from Mar-a-Lago may have contained classified national security information. Let me make something else clear. When Trump is the president, as he was, he can declare the classified status of anything. 
I mean, he is the ultimate authority in America. So Trump, whatever it is he took to Mar-a-Lago, can designate or could have at the time he left to say this is now classified X and not Y. He can do that. He's president. You know, I got to tell you, I think part of what goes on in the minds of the FBI and the left is this concept. They so deplore Trump. They don't think he ever should have actually had presidential authority. They, they really don't. They, they can't believe he got chosen by the American people. They couldn't manage to overturn the seal in 2016. They, they couldn't manage to execute the seal. They, they got stuck with Trump for four years. They can't believe that Trump actually had that authority. And they, they just, they can't believe a guy who actually believes in America and all the great American ideas he's constantly touting and, and, and encouraging people to believe him. They, they, they can't believe he, that this guy was ever president. So, you know, the idea he may have things that may have been classified I mean, of course, he he may have and he has the capacity to unclassify them. But to go on with this whole. Um, so they had a June meeting. DOJ and FBI show up at Mar-a-Lago with a grand jury subpoena. They're shown a basement storage room, additional boxes containing White House documents, and other materials. Trump attorneys hand over documents marked as uh, allegedly marked as top secret. That's from CNN. So who knows what's really true? The point is Mar-a-Lago and Trump are cooperating with the National Archives people and the DOJ and the FBI. They're cooperating and they're given documents when they're asked. Um, and, and actually Justice Department Counterintelligence Chief Jay Bratt uh, reportedly requested a stronger lock be put in the storage room and so the boxes can be preserved. Okay, that's fine. Um, and then June, uh, later in June of 2022, Trump Organization receives and complies with a subpoena for surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago. Okay, so Trump is cooperating. All of, all of a sudden they got this you know, search warrant out of this very corrupt judge uh, who is then uh, agreeing to the search of Mar-a-Lago and they get three more days and they finally do it. I'm just telling you people, there are many, many, many pieces of this that are rotten to the core. And they, they signify an FBI so corrupt, so determined to back the Biden administration attempt to uh, delegitimize Trump to send the message to America. He can't be safe. He, he considers safe. He's dangerous. We can't have him in power. I mean, this is a political witch hunt by the Biden team. FBI is complicit, goes right along with it. And, and at least, I mean, there weren't very many Republicans who spoke up immediately afterwards, but now there are more and more. Finally, there were 18 House Republicans who sent a letter to the Attorney General. Uh, yeah, the attorney general who has admitted he signed off in the search warrant telling him basically hold on to all of your documents, all of your documents. And this whole FBI raid um, on um, Mar-a-Lago has brought, I wanted to mention this in closing, uh, two things uh, in closing this segment. Uh, one is uh, that there was a um, Victor Davis Hanson, one of the most brilliant uh, American historians, constitutionalists. He's also an ancient history guy. And he's a very, I've met him a couple of times. He's very bright. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant writer, a brilliant researcher, brilliant thinker. He's also very dry. He's not, you know, he wouldn't do a show like this. And he wouldn't do a, um, you know, he wouldn't do a politically active, inspire, motivate guy. He's a historian. But he's an, a deeply respected guy um, around the country, around the world, Victor Davis Hanson. And he finally, after this Mar-a-Lago Mar raid, stepped out to say in an interview, I can't remember who he's being interviewed by, uh, Tucker Carlson? No. Yeah, Tucker Carlson, guest hosted by Will Kane. 
but at what uh, this is, I think, very significant because it's not just myself and other conservatives speaking up to say the FBI must be dismantled, dismantled entirely. Even someone like Victor Davis Hanson, very politic, very smooth, very, uh, very deeply thoughtful, but not confrontational. He actually said at this interview, um, the FBI, ha it has to be broken up. There's, you can't, you can't weed out the rot, the, the corruption and the rot at the FBI by changing the director, by changing the top echelons of power. There, there is just no way. And I'll tell you one other quick thing. I may play some of it tomorrow, but um, on Telegram, which I am going to get on Telegram, but on Telegram, uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert, who happens to be a friend, I love the guy, Congressman Louis Gohmert had a video, uh, which I may play portions uh, sometime this week, but on his Telegram account, no, I'm sorry, on Truth Social, it was um, Victor Davis Hanson on Truth Social, sorry, Congressman Louis Gohmert on Truth Social did a video in which he said, essentially, we're really close, just like in the past, that like fall of the Roman Empire to the loss of our republic. I am paraphrasing for him. He's going to be on the show, by the way, on Thursday, September 1st. He's coming in studio in Dallas, Congressman Louis Gohmert, on Thursday, September 1st. It's a don't miss show. But this is one of the most sage and one of the most serious thinkers, big thinkers, deep thinkers about America. And he's arrived at the point Congressman Gohmert has in which on his true social account, he's basically saying, we're, 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 we've lost the country. We, we, we are in the process of losing it. We're losing the Republic and everybody needs to be on duty, uh, step up. And I mean, this FBI raid is just one example. It's not just that it was bad. The FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. They have time to send whatever it was, 30 agents for nine hours. I, I mean, to go after documents, to continue the hoax that the left tries to push, that Trump is dangerous, he might have taken something bad. People, these are, this is when we have the National Law Enforcement Agency, the, the elite National Law Enforcement Agency, FBI, compounded with the DOJ who signed off on this, at that level of corruption, anything to get Trump, anything to humiliate him. We are at a place, we are, we are losing one of the most, most basic core ideas of America's founding, which is this idea of rule of law and separation of powers, and and where our country's government, as run by today's left, who stole the election, as run by today's left, is being run very much like you would if you are as a communist takeover, totalitarian takeover, where you no longer honor the institutions, you don't honor the processes, you don't honor the rule of law, you don't honor anything that America made America safe, strong, and stable. You want power, and you're going to get it, and you're going to destroy your political enemies, which is exactly what the effort, what the uh, raid was on Mar-a-Lago, an effort to destroy their political enemies. The FBI, it has to be just simply 100% dismantled the first chance we get, if we ever have hopes of restoring the rule of law in America. Okay, I, hit, I mentioned the IRS raid. This is my next little topic, IRS raid and police state America. I want to say something really clear about this. Um, you know, there was a, um, the IRS, there was a bill passed, and I, I think actually this one is on the way to the president, an IRS um, passed bill, or a bill in which among the, this was the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, but they, and within that act, they designated um, a ton more money to be sent 
to the IRS. It was like to to fund uh, essentially is $80 billion, 80 billion, B as in boy billion, new spending, $800 billion new spending to go to the IRS who has laid out that they will use that money over the next several years to, to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. And I use the word police state, and I will tell you, I, I have been very critical of many pundits on the conservative right who I think work really hard to find kind of sensationalist wording or work really hard to, to overstate some threat or to exaggerate to the point of silliness uh, a certain situation or a certain issue. Because what I really want in this show, I mean, I, I, am, I understand my audience is largely conservative, and I, obviously that makes sense because I am, I am telling you, and I don't even like the word conservative anymore. I'm a pro-patriot, pro-declaration, pro-constitution, pro-democratic republic, preserve America speaker. That's my show. Those, late, those ideas I believe in, and I'm telling you, the majority of Americans believe in, have the label conservative, but it's important to be, as we are in this battle for America, to understand people who believe in constitution and limited government and who believe in the ideas of America's founding, we are not extreme. We are not far right. It is not a far right conspiracy theory or any other label the media tries to say, to say, for example, that the FBI must be dismantled. There's one reason I went into depth, or a little bit of depth, talking about Victor Davis Hanson. I urge you to read his column. I think we put it in our show today, our show notes today. Uh, understand serious and, and you know, people who speak with a very um, cautious tone quite often are, are recognizing there's no other solution but to disband the FBI. Now, onto the IRS, when you think what a government does in order to bring the people into submission, it is to make the people afraid of the government. And the January 6th committee has made America and the, uh, afraid of the FBI, afraid of the DOJ, um, and certainly the Department of Homeland Security is telling people, you better be afraid that we're gonna call you a domestic terrorist if you even think about questioning the 2020 election or you think about questioning the COVID policy the government has embraced. The DHS has already put up both in saying this. This is another, what I'm telling you, we're watching a dangerous, dangerous, we're over a cliff to danger for America when you have so many elements of the federal government being used against the citizens to send a message of silence, submission, you will not challenge us. That's what the government, this current administration, the message you're sending to America. So onto the IRS, yeah, there are a lot of people really, really concerned about the IRS and concerned about why they needed to have 80 B as in boy billion new dollars of spending and the fact that they are apparently they are planning to hire um, 87,000 new IRS agents. Now I want to play, I sent Ziggy, which I'm so grateful Ziggy is stepping in today uh, to be the producer. This is uh, an IRS ad they actually placed online. I'm going to read it to you in relevant part. This is the IRS looking to hire a ton of new people now with all the money they're going to have. They're working a minimum, they're, so they're trying to hire new IRS agents. This is what they put in their description. Work a minimum of 50 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. Maintain a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. IRS agents didn't used to be a life-threatening job, but please listen to the next part. 
This is the IRS actual ad they ran. Carry a firearm. These are requirements, major duties. Carry a firearm. Be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, other dangerous assignments. Okay, you can come back to me. They actually posted that. This is the IRS actually posted that. Now, you might imagine there were a few million Americans who said, what are you talking about? The IRS, you have to be an armed agent ready to use deadly force to work for the IRS. So the IRS has quick pulled this down, of course, but in the air, air, you know, age of today with uh, everyone can screen grab everything, save everything, you know, too late, the people know. But you have to understand, the IRS doesn't post things like this. This is not some random secretary who, uh, you know, got fired up and decided to post this. This, anything they post publicly goes through some level of scrutiny. Somebody, supervisory level, somewhere in the IRS said, yeah, yeah, we need people using deadly force. Understand, the American people are rightly, 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 deeply concerned about the massive overfunding of the IRS and the use of the IRS to hire 89,000 uh, new agents. And I can't remember if I sent, I didn't think I sent this to you. I'm gonna just do this math for you. Among the things the left does when they get exposed is they try to dispute the facts. They say, well, that's not really, they're not gonna hire 89,000 new agents. Yeah, they are. Now, not tomorrow, but my wonderful friend, who you can read this yourself on his Twitter account, at Wade Miller underscore USMC, at Wade Miller underscore USMC, and his uh, handle on Twitter is Free James Lindsay, but he did the math. The left, so he's saying a treasury report from 2021 is explaining how they're going to use this $80 billion they just got. They are targeting a 15% annual growth in personnel from their current 80,000 agents every year for 10 years. Math is math, folks. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, they don't like that people figure this out. But the reason I think this is such great concern is that the IRS is one of the many elements of government that they can use against the American people. You're paralyzed if they come after you and decide they're really going to try to take you down. And there are within, I mean, every responsible accountant will tell you that the way the tax laws are written in America, you know, there, there are many provisions that are subject to numerous interpretations. So tax accountants make interpretations all the time for their clients. I think you don't have to declare this. I think you can count this as a, uh, this might be a deduction, but only a portion of it. You make, you make judgment calls. Many of them, in fact, the vast majority of them in good faith. You make judgment calls, you try to follow the law, you do what your tax accountant says. But when you're the IRS, you have they have extraordinary and unique power, unlike any other agency, to force you into an essential quasi-litigation process. And let me just tip you off, you'll always lose. Armed for deadly with deadly force, a bunch of agents out there scaring the daylights out of it. Let me just tell you folks, it's not going to be the Democrat donor class that's going to be subject to this massive new army of IRS agents. It's going to be the enemies of the left who believes they have seized permanent power in America. One last quick thing before I hit my last story, which is a huge story. Um, the number, someone ran numbers on this because part of what Biden promised when he was running was, well, yeah, we're going to raise taxes, but, you know, not on the people making under 400,000. You know, we're not really doing that. Understand 
what the IRS, this isn't about the corruption of the new agents, but just the new formulas put together by the Democrats who really aren't trying to harm the middle class, say they, uh, the IRS will collect 20 billion, B as in boy, billion, more from Americans making less than $400,000. So massive increase in the billions of dollars in money to the government under the Inflation Reduction Act, which I can't even get started on that again today. People, this is a government out to control the American people, to control your capacity to earn money, control your capacity to save money, cause you to be frightened to death because what they can do to you if you don't go along with, with whatever they're saying, they've got IRS agents that can ruin your life, ruin your bank account, you'll spend a bunch of money on lawyers and you'll lose because that's how the IRS works. So yeah, there are people, IRS, another agency, if we were to have, when we have Republican control taken back in Washington, DC, there needs to be a massive downsizing of the IRS. and. The only reason the left wants all this money is because the only with the power they have is by taking away money from the American people, whether individual citizens or corporations, take more of the money. I mean, taxes are just essentially a massive wealth transfer from the people who work to earn it to the government who can always find more ways to spend it. That's what taxes are. They are forced wealth redistribution from earners to the government. The left always wants more money in their hands because they always want to be able to provide more free things to entice more voters to vote for them. Vicious cycle and we're in the middle of it. And actually this uh, this next story I want to hit today and we're going to uh, have to be fairly quick about it, but this next story might have been the most important story for the day. So. I mentioned to you, uh, I call this Engelbrecht and Phillips, the Pitt Report. So I, I mentioned at the start of the show where they had this uh, report that they put out, the, the Pitt put out this report, essentially explaining, this is Catherine Engelbeck and Greg Phillips, much more of what they discovered than just what you saw in 2000 Mules, which as I say, by itself was enough to make you recognize, if you even if you don't like Trump and you love Biden, that the election of 2020 was a big fat fraud. So they had so many pieces of it. I, I actually put a link at our website today, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. I put a link, you can go to Rumble and watch at least the public portion of this, the pit. I encourage you to go do that, to go actually listen to what they had to say. I'm gonna try to hit um, a quick things uh, from that. Um, and I, I know Ziggy, I sent you some clips. I'm not sure we'll get them or not, but I wanna quickly tell you what happened. So they had the morning session, two of the huge highlights from the morning session. Uh, one was a woman. Uh, so the overarching message of the um, of the pit, uh, one of the overarching messages, especially Catherine Engelbrecht kept saying this is that the American people who see what's happening, who see the danger of stolen elections, we all have to work together. There are, she kept saying there are so many organizations, so many brilliant people collecting data, putting it online, trying to explain what they've uncovered. She's saying we have to work together to coordinate. So one person she mentioned, she had to do a lengthy um, spiel. This woman's name is Marley Honick, and she organized, or she's the head of something uh, called New York Citizens, um, and I have the right name of it, uh, New York, the New York Citizens Audit. Let me just tell you in plain English what she revealed. I mean, she was on the stage with you know pictures up. She's got a slide up showing all what she's talking about. What she revealed very quickly is she revealed that voter rolls are 100% hogwash. Let me just use plain English, 100% hogwash. The New York State voter rolls 
as she and her company, her uh, organization have gathered data. They have gathered data from every uh, the voter rolls, which are supposed to be public knowledge, not how you vote, but that you register. And she went after when she was done talking, realized those voter rolls have no connection to reality at all. They're just farcical. And among the things she had this one little tiny example, one guy she mentioned lives in the Bronx, has um, you know, a unique voter ID number assigned to him. So he's you know assigned to him whenever he registers, but the same guy with the same name of the same residence living in the Bronx has 11 unique voter ID numbers assigned to him all over the state of New York. So of course he can go vote anywhere and he can vote over and over and over. And that is it's almost, I almost hesitated sharing that example with you because it's just tip of the iceberg. They're, they are utterly corrupt. And this woman, I, 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 maybe I'll save time tomorrow to play her, her uh, spiel because I can't really play it today, but she was enormously consequential in exposing the utter fraud that are the New York State voter rolls. Her brief look into other states told her, said she, they're all about the same. The voter rolls are not just a little bit outdated or haven't been cleaned up of dead people, but they're, they're, they're just hogwash, a manipulable online garbage. And then the other one who was really exceptional was this guy named Jeffrey Prather. I hadn't heard of him before. If you go to Jeffrey, like J-E-F-F-R-E-Y Prather, P-R-A-T-H-E-R.com, this is a guy, his background is retired special operations soldier, former DIA intelligence collector, ex-DEA special agent. I mean, the guy has this, this you know, background of incredible experience, and he's basically out there talking about our country has already been taken over. We've been taken over by, you know, CCP influence, by that they have penetrated, the communist ideology has permeated every institution imaginable. He's basically talking about, you know, but he's not, after I say that, He's not really negative. He's almost, he's kind of harmless looking. And he's basically saying the answer and what has to happen is that millions of Americans have to recognize the mess we're in and decide they're going to do their part. I'm going to save time tomorrow and play little clips from both of them because they were extraordinary. But I want to close out today. Uh, we've got only a few more minutes before I got to close out the show. I want to tell you the big, big bombshell that was revealed during the pit yesterday or on Saturday. This is the big bombshell. The, the big buildup was about the idea that back in 2021, the, the, again, it was Greg Phillips and, um, and Catherine Engelbrecht, they discovered back in, uh, backing up two things. One is they revealed that the um, Seed the Vote organization that completely funds Black Lives Matter is a Chinese Communist Party organization. Seed the Vote their money comes in funded to the uh, Black Lives Matter organization entirely about to state their goal to make the USA ungovernable. I am done humoring the BLM as well. Some of them might be good. No, these are people, these are communists funded by CCP using BLM to take America down. That wasn't even the big thing, uh, but the, but, and it goes on and on about other revelations. But the big thing was Gregory Phillips discovered in January 2021, he discovered a database with 1.8 million people in it who were all election workers in America and their children's very private, detailed information, their security passcodes, their signatures, income, login credentials for all poll watchers, addresses, driver's license, banking information, times of their signed shifts. These are all voting information schematics of the buildings, where they're going to work, and the database he discovered 
is in the Chinese Communist Party. Please process this. This is Greg Phillips uncovers this in January 2021. The Chinese Communist Party has data on 1.8 million election workers and their children. Everything about the American election system, the location of the building, where they're going to work. And so the servers hosting this information hosted by the CCP at a university in Wuhan, China. So the goal to build profiles of poll workers and use different methods, bribes, blackmail, intimidation to ensure the election outcome the CCP wants. So Greg Phillips takes us to the FBI, says, you guys need to see this. The CCP has all these election workers in their system in a Chinese Communist Party server in Wuhan, China, and, and they're, they're capable. This is January of 21. They're capable, and clearly were capable in 2020, of, of threatening, intimidation, whatever they do to these people. So he takes it to the FBI, who you think the FBI, who's there to protect America, they would jump at the chance, they would leap in, and they would go after these people, and they'd figure out what, what the heck was going on, and they would they would openly expose it, and they expose the Chinese Communist Party. You know what happened? The FBI threatened Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, saying that they threatened them with having unlawfully hacked in and stolen this information from the CCP. If you think we don't have a problem with our FBI, then you have your head in the sand and you almost deserve to get audited by the IRS and hassled by the FBI. The FBI was more interested in threatening Greg Phillips for uncovering what the CCP has than instead of writing him a thank you note and frankly rewarding him something for what he'd done to expose all this, the FBI's answer was what I just told you. And I'm telling you all of this because I want you to understand <laughs> we have a completely corrupt election system. It's not a few little leaks, a few little things that kind of aren't quite right. The election system is corrupt on so many levels, on so many levels proven uh, by America, uh, proven in all sorts of ways. And when your government, your government had the opportunity to say, you know, we're not too sure about this, we're uh, rethinking this. Um, when they had the government had the chance, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find what I'm supposed to have for the next thing. Anyway, when the government had the opportunity handed to them, handed to them, by the by Gregory Phillips, their reaction, FBI's reaction was to threaten Gregory Phillips. So I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm out of time today, as I always out of time. Um, I didn't get to mention our radio listeners, they're already gone. Sorry for our regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today talking about. Um, occupied America reports, reality of the occupation we face, America is being governed by an administration that did not win the election in 2020, is pursuing an agenda against the will of the American people, and no institution in America will stop it, while many institutions facilitate it. Five glimmers of hope. The pit was a fabulous presentation. You got to hear it. Tina Peters' relentless courage in the face of unspeakable injustice. Mar-a-Lago raid has shocked decent people of all kinds. Check out Victor Davis Hansen's column, uh, Plight of the January 6th Defendants, including Dr. Simone Gold, 
This is awakening millions more people and governors and secretaries of state are fully informed of rigged elections. They won't act. Then this must fire up the resolve in ordinary Americans. Faith, hope, sorry, this is a, very sorry. Faith, hope, and prayer built America. They're still alive and activated. And Mar-a-Lago raid, FBI must end, and I mean be ended, Again, take five minutes to watch Victor Davis Hanson, video linked at americacanwetalk.org. Victor Davis Hanson is America's senior voice of history and conscience, and he's done with the FBI. Details of Mar-a-Lago raid coming forward every day. New York Times spinning is just not working. Every detail makes the FBI look worse. Prior interactions with Trump Mar-a-Lago searches. Locks installed at the FBI's request. Hall blue about nuclear secrets is silly. Trump was president for four years. Nine hours, 30 agents, raises the specter of FBI planting evidence. And I didn't even get to that point. I'm entirely, entirely, I think it's more than plausible. The FBI wasn't just planting listening devices, it's planting evidence. This shows you the level of distrust in the FBI because, uh, because it's being talked about all over the country. No one trusts them and they don't deserve the trust. Uh, FBI refusal to uh, release affidavit underlying the warrant is raising suspicions of the FBI. Taking Trump passports, rummaging through Melania's clothing. I mean, there are funny, I'm sure you saw the memes of FBI agents dressed in her clothing, whatever. Okay. Raid was unconscionable, unprecedented, and justifications are not resonating. On the IRS and the police state of America, there's no possible benign rationale for hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. There's no possible benign rationale for why a want ad for new IRS agents should include firearms training for possible use of deadly force. I mean, unbelievable. This is and should be the first priority for defending, defunding if the GOP retakes the House in November. An Engelbrecht and Phillips and the Pitt report, trove of searchable data on election rigging now available at Open Inc. I meant to tell you, Open Inc., that's their new thing. Open Inc., check that out. Revelation of fraudulent voter roll system in New York is enormous. Three million fake votes. Revelation of CCP connection to records of US election workers and their children. Data housed on servers in Wuhan, China, demands follow-up investigation. Yet, showing the evidence to the FBI leads the FBI to threaten Engelbrecht and Phillips. Full ramifications of the PIP not yet developed or understood. It feels major. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. I'll tell you, tomorrow, Tuesday, we have Raymond Ibrahim joining us. He is a brilliant scholar related to Islam, has written a, written a wonderful new book. We'll hear about his new book, as well as his reaction to Salman Rushdie being uh, charged and stabbed on stage and uh, very seriously injured. Someone there's been a fatwa against him for, I don't even know, 20 years. And uh, other, uh, this Islamic threat that he so brilliantly exposes. So he's joining us tomorrow, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, we have Joel Gilbert joining us. He's the author of a new book, Michelle Obama, 2024, and he's making the prediction and explaining why we should be concerned Michelle Obama will be the Democrat candidate in 2024, uh, says Joel Gilbert, very likely. I actually think that's entirely plausible. That They can't run Joe again, and they know they can't run Kamala Harris, so I think they may be trying to prod her toward running. And if she, if she does, you might enjoy the material you hear on Wednesday from Joel Gilbert, uh, who's going to tell us more about uh, Michelle Obama, the past you don't know. So with that, 
We'll wrap up our show today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you?